From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Welcome along, I'm Graham VK4BB. In this edition of news for week commencing November 30, 2014, WIA and Anzac 100 will ask if you've ever built a Heath kit. For newcomers, how best to make that HF contact and we'll check out electronic ham coin currency. All these stories and more in this edition of news from the Wireless Institute of Australia. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. WIA and NZART, ANZAC 100. The Wireless Institute of Australia plans for the ANZAC centenary in 2015 have been joined by the New Zealand Association of Radio Transmitters, the NZART. Both societies will have commemorative call signs and awards. The major commemoration will start on April 25, 2015, which is when Australia and New Zealand Army Corps troops landed at Gallipoli some 100 years ago. The WIA and the NZART are to be heard on air with ANZAC call signs. Both will have specially designed QSL cards and award certificates. They will join TRAC, the Turkish Amateur Radio Society, in the commemorations, with interest also shown by the United Kingdom, Philippines and Malaysia. The WIA invites club registrations for the call sign use in 2015 between Anzac Day April 25 and December 20, the day Anzac troops left Gallipoli. The NZART has ZL100 Anzac available for a month to clubs as well as ZL1, ZL2, ZL3, ZL4 Anzac call signs and it invites its branches and interested individuals to register. A special pre-recorded opening 30-minute VK100 Anzac broadcast is to happen for Anzac Day, actually April 24 at 1300 UTC, with cooperation of the WIA, NZART and TRAC, with WIA hoping to broadcast from Canberra. At each of Australia's three time zones on the day, the pre-recorded broadcast will be repeated by the WIA on a rostered basis, so there will be plenty of occasions to hear it. The WIA has already listed some club events on its website, including the 75th anniversary of RAAF Secret Mission, Battle of the Somme, Battle of Kokoda Track, the WIA Remembrance Day and the evacuation of Gallipoli. To commemorate Anzac 100, a series of articles appear in Amateur Radio magazine, and here again is a summary of one of them, Amateur Radio Activity During World War II, which was written by Jim Linton, VK3PC. Some three days before the official declaration of World War II on the 3rd of September 39, an urgent telegram to all Australian radio amateurs ordered amateur radio immediately stop. Many radio amateurs subsequently enlisted in the armed services with campaigns in Europe, Mediterranean, North Africa and the Pacific. This included those at the forefront of communication and its development. After the war, amateur radio resumed with many related radio stories. One was that Father Maximilian Kolbe, SP3RN, was arrested in Poland by the Germans, who believed amateur radio was somehow involved in espionage. Father Kolbe volunteered in 1941 to take the place of a condemned man chosen in retribution for an escape of ten from Auschwitz prison camp. His action resulted in the canonization by Pope John Paul II on October 1082 and was considered to be the saint of radio amateurs. 
Research of the WIA archive also found a letter that, in early 1941 as a war measure, an emergency communications network began in central Sydney. The idea was that if the phone system were disabled, a radio system would take over. Other research found an amateur radio magazine column in November 1942 containing a little about civil defence preparations in West Australia. However, a newspaper report entitled Adelaide Hams Did Great Work in War was then followed by a second part headed Civil Defence, and it read, When Australia was threatened by invasion, the Civil Defence Network of Radio Operators was organised. The headquarters station worked on 1775 kilocycles and subcontrols on 3605. Regular exercises and surprise tests proved its efficiency. The emergency communications network was disbanded in late 1945. An editorial in Amateur Radio in April 1946 foreshadowed the establishment of the WIA emergency communication. The activity of helping the community in times of disaster had been traced back to the relaying of vital messages when a severe tropical cyclone struck north of Cairns, Queensland in February 1927. Today, emergency communication still occurs throughout the world in times of disaster. Read the full article, Amateur Radio Activity During World War II, in an edition of Amateur Radio magazine. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Lake Macquarie region, it can be heard on the 146.475 MHz IRLP and Echolink node at midday and 9pm Sundays. I'm John, VK2JJW. Around VK we go. And in this edition, we'll be checking in with Clive, VK6CSW, from the Old Timers Club of Australia. We'll check out what's happening at the Albury-Wodonga Amateur Radio Club in December, their big meeting there. And also from John, VK3BJR, President of the Southern Peninsula Amateur Radio Club. Their big day happens today. In VK2, and right across Australia, the VK2BWIA Morse is in recess. The Thursday evening operator provided Morse session on 3550 kHz. It's in recess until the 5th of February 2015, so does advise the provider Ross VK2ER. Building your own gear. The practice of making accessories, antennas or whole receivers and transmitters is what we call homebrew. It is very much how wireless experimentation began. In VK3, the Homebrew Constructors Group continues that tradition. Rob Whitmore, VK3MQ, will talk this Saturday about making aluminium enclosures for homebrew project. The speech is at 2pm on Saturday, December the 6th in the Amateur Radio Victoria rooms at 40G Victory Boulevard, Ashburton. And now, as we said, first up, it's across to our Man in the West. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6CSW, with the usual reminder that as tomorrow is the first Monday of the month, it's time for the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia's December Bulletin to go to air. This month our feature is about Heathkit, and if you've ever built a Heathkit, then this story should resonate with you. Everyone, RAOTC members and non-members alike, is most welcome to tune in and to join in the callbacks afterwards. The principal HF broadcasts are on 20 metres on 14.150 MHz, 
The first, at 0100 UTC, is beamed north from Melbourne for Eastern States listeners, while the second, an hour later, at 0200 UTC, is beamed west for WA, also on 14.150 MHz. Also at 0200 UTC, Chris, VK6JI, will be transmitting on 40 metres on 7060 kHz from Perth, mainly for WA country listeners, and that's simultaneously with the extensive Newswest VHF UHF repeater coverage. Additionally, throughout the day, there are other local HF, VHF and UHF relays, details of which can be found on our website at www.raotc.org.au www.raotc.org.au This is our last bulletin until February next year. So I take this opportunity to thank everyone who has supported these broadcasts throughout the year and especially the relay and callback operators. And I wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. The December meeting of the Albury Wodonga Amateur Radio Club will be one not to be missed. The club will be having Mr Mark Tell of the Australian Communications and Media Authority along to give a talk on how ACMA deals with complaints and to answer any questions regarding the regulations or other aspects of amateur radio that the ACMA become involved in. The December meeting will be held at the First Lavington Scout Hall in Much Street, Lavington, at 7.30pm. All amateurs and shortwave listeners in the region are invited to come along and hear what will surely be a most informative evening. More information can be found on our website at www.awarc.org. That's Tuesday, December the 2nd at the First Lavington Scout Hall in Mutt Street, Lavington. This is Frank, VK2HFS for the Albury Wodonga Amateur Radio Club. Hello, this is John, VK3BJR, President of the Southern Peninsula Amateur Radio Club. I'm here to remind you that the Rosebud Radio Fest is on today, Sunday the 30th of November at the Eastbourne Primary School at Alambie Avenue, Rosebud. It's not too late to attend as new and used sales in the main auditorium will run from 9.30am until 2pm while technical forums will be held at 10.15am, 11am and 11.45am with the ever-popular ACMA update time to start at 12.45pm. The event has full catering, there is plenty of off-street parking, there are great door prizes to be drawn at 12.15pm and the entry fee is only $6 with under-12s free. If you need help to find the venue, talk-in will be conducted on VK3 RSP 146.675 MHz and VK3 RPU 439.850 MHz. Come and enjoy the Rosebud Radio Fest today. This is John, VK3 BJR. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au.
What use is an F-call? Recently, I talked about making contacts on HF, picking the band, the time of day, the right location on the band, and looking for a nice loud station are part of the equation. But there are other considerations to be had. If you consider a station transmitting with 1.5 kilowatt on a 5-element Yagi, and you're at home with your radio, you churn around and you find this station to be the loudest on the band, you're likely to try to talk to them. Sometimes this even works. However, many times, in fact most of the time, this is pretty hard to do for a number of reasons. The first reason that it's hard is because their strength is a combination of lots of power and lots of antenna gain. If you transmit back, the only thing going for you is their antenna gain, but their power will likely distort your perception of how well they'll hear you. If you find a station that tells someone else they're running high power, then make sure their signal to you is banging the S-meter against the wall, that is 10 or 20 dB over 9, before you spend hours trying to get their attention. I should point out that there are plenty of amazing operators who will pick out your tiny signal among the hash and call you back. But there are many more who, put it kindly, are deaf as a post, who expect HF to sound like a 2 meter FM repeater and set up the kit to make it so. You're unlikely to ever succeed in making a contact with the latter, but you'll be thrilled when you deal with the former. Another aspect, making it hard to talk to such a loud station, is that everyone else also hears it very loud, and they'll also call in. This will completely drown your signal at their end, so you're unlikely to cut through. There are some amateurs who swear by changing their microphone response to cut through, or to fiddle with other aspects of their transmission. But I've got to say this lacks finesse, and that's what's really required. Imagine that you're at the other end. Your aim is to make as many contacts as possible with weird and wonderful stations. Living in Australia makes your call sign pretty sought after, so use that to your advantage. When you're on a roll, you don't want to break the rhythm, so listen for a few overs to see what's going on. Does the station always end their QSO in the same way, or is it different each time? Write down the information that you pick up from the station, where they are, who the operator is, lots of little details will make the contact go smoothly. Make sure you have their call sign correct. Check it again before you call. Also, write down the frequency on which the station is operating. If they spend a little while talking to each station, you can go hunting for another station and come back to check their progress. When you do call, try to speak in the rhythm of the other station. If they're fast, speak fast. If they're slow, speak slow. Figure out when they're likely to key their mic and when they release it. Find breaks and pauses and use those to put your call sign out. Only call once per over. Many stations will ignore you if you don't. Make sure that you just say your call sign, not theirs, not while you're getting their attention. There is more on this topic to share, but listen to the other station and get a feel for the person at the other end. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima, Alpha, Bravo. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide, it is relayed on 6 metres on 53.1 MHz AM at 0900 hours Central Standard Time. I'm Ben, VK5, Bravo, Bravo. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. IARU urges National Society support. The International Amateur Radio Union, IARU President Tim Ellen, Victor Echo 6 Sierra Hotel, says we face challenges ahead and needed is the assistance of member societies to meet the IARU goals. 
The IARU is working to establish rapport with the new leaders of the International Telecommunications Union, ITU, so they fully understand the benefits of the amateur radio service. In the 5 MHz newsletter, Tim, Victor Echo 6 Sierra Hotel, says all IARU member societies will be asked to seek support from their administration in relation to the proposed new band. He says some temporary access has already been given, but it will be discussed by the ITU delegates at the World Radio Communication Conference in November 2015 as Agenda Item 1.4. What is proposed is an amateur radio service secondary allocation at 5250 to 5450 kHz. A spectrum sharing study has been carried out, but the new band is not a fait complete. The 5 MHz newsletter reports some delegates may opt for no overall change in the spectrum, but suggests the proposal has sufficient flexibility to accommodate them. The newsletter also features stories on Dominica, South African beacon changes, near-vertical incident Skywave, 5 MHz being plotted noisier, and new software-defined radio receivers that allow listeners via the internet. Electronic coins via ham radio. Not content with Bitcoin? Well, enter the ham radio coin project. This aims to enable amateur radio operators to send and receive ham radio coins via radio. In order to send cryptocurrency protocol data via radio instead of the internet, developers are extending the ham radio coin protocol to use SSTV or PSK63 as the carrier. In the spring of 2015, ham radio coins says they will attempt to make an earth-moon-earth communication over ham radio, which will make ham radio coin the first cryptocurrency in space. Your name in Morset Raspberry Jam... At the South End Raspberry Jam event on November 22nd, Essex Ham member Nick, 2Echo0 Delta Victor X-Ray, ran a Your Name in Morse Code demo, helping to spread the word about amateur radio. There is an element of crossover between amateur radio and technology, like the Raspberry Pi, and this event provided a good opportunity to introduce amateur radio to others interested in technology, communications and electronics. There wasn't a live amateur radio station at the Raspberry Jam. Instead, amateurs from across Essex concentrated on talking to visitors about the amateur radio hobby, along with showing videos and hardware. Malaysia includes ham radio in flood planning. Malaysia is including ham radio in its emergency preparedness for the upcoming monsoon season. Amateur Radio Newsline's Don Wilbanks, Alpha Echo 5 Delta Whiskey, has details. Malaysia's Ministry of Communications and Multimedia will ensure that all communication towers, including those used by radio amateurs, will be fully functioning even though they're inundated during the flood season. According to the ministry, several communication towers were inundated during the flood season last year, especially in the Kemaman area. To prevent this happening again, many had already been upgraded so that they were located on higher ground and would not be submerged by the rising waters. A ministry spokesperson noted that there are several areas which could not receive normal communication coverage, but can be contacted using amateur radio. The ministry went on to say that it would cooperate with several amateur radio associations under the Malaysian Communication and Multimedia Commission to assist in terms of information sharing in any flood-affected areas. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, Don Wilbanks, AE5DW, reporting from New Orleans. An unidentified German amateur station has tried to disturb military transmissions from Russia taking place in the 80-meter band. 
Amateur Radio Newsline's Stephen Kimford, N8WB, has what's known so far. The action happened on 3.733 megahertz on October 22nd at 2800 hours UTC. The Russian frequency shift or FSK transmission is believed to have come from a transmitting site in Kaliningrad. A screenshot photograph taken by International Amateur Radio Union Monitoring Service Observer Wolfgang Hoddle, DK2OM, shows a station trying to insert Morse code dashes on the space brakes of the Russian transmission. It also shows the interfering station putting out spurious emissions at least 2 kilohertz wide. According to the monitoring service, the same unidentified operator is believed responsible for similar transmissions against Russian-based communications in the 40-meter band, but this has yet to be proven. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Stephen Kinfort in a WB reporting. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational news on Felix VK for a few Q awards. ARRL invites nominations for 2014 International Humanitarian Award. The award is conferred upon an amateur or amateurs who demonstrate devotion to human welfare, peace and international understanding through amateur radio. The League established the annual prize to recognise amateur radio operators who have used ham radio to provide extraordinary service to others in times of crisis or disaster. All nominations and supporting materials for the 2014 ARRL International Humanitarian Award must be submitted in writing in English to ARRL International Humanitarian Award, 225 Main Street, Newington, Connecticut, 06111 USA. Nomination submissions are due by December 31, 2014. In the event that no nominations are received, the committee itself may determine a recipient or will decide to make no award. The winner of the ARRL International Humanitarian Award receives engraved plaque and a profile in QSD and other ARRL venues. Operational news, special event stations, DX, Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. Celebrating the ARRL Centennial Year. Until the 2nd of December, look for the following station to be active to celebrate the ARRL Centennial Year. W1AW Stroke 3 will be operated by Carl, N8NA, State of Delaware. W1AW Stroke 5 will be operated by Scott, W5WZ, Louisiana. W1AW Stroke KP4 will be operated by Philippe, NP4Z, located Puerto Rico. Turning now to broadcast, monitoring SWL and scanner news. The end of an era. BBC relay station site handed back to Seychelles. November marked the closure of an iconic chapter in Seychelles history, signalling the end of an era when information was much more difficult to come by. With much of Africa joining the internet and mobile phone revolution, the times of trying to glean information about happenings in the rest of the world on a cradly AM radio have now passed by. Over 25 years after its establishment, the site of the BBC's former Indian Ocean Relay Station, located on the western side of the largest inhabited island in the Seychelles Archipelago, was handed back to the government by the country's British High Commissioner, Lindsay Skoll. The station transmitted BBC World Service programmes since 1988 via shortwave to listeners across East Africa in a range of languages. 
The handing over of the site also included the station's buildings and equipment, all of which are still in working order. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. From Brisbane, it's relayed on 3605 kHz and 147 MHz at 7.30pm Mondays. I'm Bruce, VK4EHT. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's CW. Teenager wins prize with Morse code. The Google Science Fair 2014 Voters' Choice Award has been won by a 16-year-old Ash Dilbagi of India. His winning device called Talk converts short and long breaths of air into electrical signals. That enables people to communicate in Morse code. Ash, who trialled the cheap device on a hospital patient in New Delhi, now has $10,000 from Google to further develop the product. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Happy birthday, FunCube 1. FunCube 1, otherwise known as AO73, has celebrated its first birthday, having been launched at 0710 GMT on the 21st of November 2013. The satellite has been performing very satisfactorily with the battery voltage keeping above 8 volts and it's fully charged within about 7 to 10 minutes after entering sunlight from Eclipse. AMSAT UK would like to thank all of those who downloaded the telemetry and forwarded it to their warehouse and who used the transponder. This telemetry data is invaluable and both in an educational resource and to see how the spacecraft systems are performing and surviving. So far, almost 400 megabytes of unique data via stations from all around the world has been collected. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Radio and Young Timers. During the entire month of December, stations in several countries will be on the air seeking contacts using YOTA as their call sign suffix. Youth on the air YOTA is growing very fast and every week more youngsters are asking to participate. By making Yota popular, we can all help to get youngsters active into amateur radio. Yota stations will be trying to make contacts, so take this opportunity to connect young amateurs in their teens and 20s with their peers on the air. The South African Radio League has been granted a special call sign, ZS9 Yota, to be used by young amateurs during Yota Month from the 1st to the 31st of December 2014. It will be the first worldwide Yota event. And last, to rewind, a look back in history. It was in 1974 that Tropical Cyclone Tracy destroyed Darwin on Christmas Eve. The death toll was 66, but maybe higher because of unrecorded people living in Darwin. Back then, there were many single-storey flimsy houses. Some 12,500 homes were lost and only 400 survived as habitable. 25 ships sunk and dozens of planes were destroyed and all normal communications were cut. When the news filtered out, under a state of emergency, Major General Alan Stretton was put in charge to lead the disaster recovery. The WIA Journal Amateur Radio Magazine in December 1984 article Cyclone Tracy 10th Anniversary interviewed four who were involved. It tells of Slim Jones, VK8JT in Darwin, making contact with Ken McLaughlin, VK3AH at Murrubark in Melbourne's East, and their incredible 78-hour on-air stint. 
As the first relief plane neared Darwin, when darkness began to fall, it had clearance to land due to a three-way contact that involved Ken VK3AH, Mal 9M2ML and Slim VK8JT. Weissen later helped the Red Cross and Salvation Army with their traffic. That work was detailed in Amateur Radio magazine back in June 1985 in an article, The Christmas of 74, by Ted Gabriel, VK4YG. Eventually, under a new building code, Darwin was reconstructed and is now a vibrant city. A series of 40-year anniversary events are being held in Darwin, including historic photos, concerts and upgrade of the Cyclone Tracy exhibition and in all-faith church service. The ABC also has filmed a documentary to be shown in December on the 20th that interviews about 19 people who were involved. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Alrighty, that's the end of WIA National News for this week. Now, as we move towards the beginning of the new year, no doubt you're getting lots of new diaries. Well, you will be over the Christmas period. So we've got some dates for you for 2015. February 22 in VK2, it's the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club's Wyong Field Day. March 29 in VK3, it's EMDRC's Hamfest. June on the Queen's Birthday weekend, it's the 40th annual Oxley Region Field Day. And July 11 to 12 in VK3, Gips Tech 2015. Till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.